Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 16. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? hey Pumped, as always, to be here, Big Bet Brent. Glad to be here on our new home. We are coming at you from the Underdog Podcast Network. We have some new equipment over here. I have got sound effects galore. Mad Money Mike, that's a great start. I tell you what, we're not. We're actually going to finish our NFL Week 12 recap with Thanksgiving Day games because closing out Week 12, Monday Night Football, the Seahawks versus the football team, Mad Money Mike, I couldn't even catch this game. Why don't you give us the recap? I heard there was a crazy ending, but the Seahawks are done. What happened? Yeah, let's start with uh, let's start with the news, which is that the Seahawks are done. Hang it up, Russell Wilson. Put your cleats in one of those fancy little cases. You're not going to need them for the rest of the year. <laughs> Flush. Goodbye. See you next year. Yeah, season's over for the Seahawks. I really would hang it up for Russell Wilson. Why risk him getting injured? The season's over. It doesn't matter. Washington, on the other hand, improved to 5-6. and six. Their season is very much alive. They're in the seventh seed currently in the East. And they had incredible display of defense last night. It's hard to know where, it, you know, to cross the line between great defense from the Washington football team and unbelievably poor third of the century performance by the Seahawks. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's a little bit of both. Um, but with that being said, just in terms of close football games, it was never more than a one-score game and a very exciting tie. If you had taken, will the game be tied again after 0-0, you were in for a treat courtesy of Machine Green, special teams player for the Seahawks. Washington is going for a point-after attempt after their touchdown. When they're kicking their extra point to try to make it 10-7, the extra point attempt, the kick gets blocked. This special teams player for Seattle, I think I heard, becomes the first player ever to have a blocked kick, a blocked kick recovery, and then a returned for two point. He, he had the trifecta. He had the hat trick. It was awesome. And so... Uh, Seattle went from seven to nine and because Washington didn't go from three to 10 because they missed the kick, they went to nine. So the game gets tied up at nine on that absolutely wild play. And then after that, it was a battle of the defenses. Washington did uh, get an 11 play 73 yard touchdown uh, to go up 17, nine, but that kept the game within eight points all the way until the very last drive for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson decides to pull out some magic and finds a wide open receiver on a blown coverage over the middle. And uh, they failed to get the two point conversion, though. So they're down by two, 15 17. Go for the onside kick. It is pulled off to perfection. They recover the onside kick. They're right there, like the 50 what? yard line. They'll get a couple yards. They'll kick the field goal. They'll win the game, 18 17. Their season will still be alive. Like, it's amazing. Nice. I can't believe it. Seattle fans going wild. Wait, what is that? What's that yellow thing over there on the field? Oh, that's a penalty flag. What happened, you say? <laughs> some Muppet, some idiot with his head where the sun don't shine, just lined up. Like, it's just the most simple thing. No player can line up inside the center hash marks. The kicker is kicking, you know, when you look at the football field, there are those hash marks, and this guy is just standing on the inside of them. He has to oh, be standing no. on the outside of them. and. Like, why? Why are you standing there? How do you not know this? Aren't you on special teams? This isn't what you do. Obviously, he probably got, you know, a little out of sorts being that it was an onside kick. But regardless, idiot, you're in the wrong place. It's a penalty. They take away the most amazing onside kick recovery ever. And then, of course, what are the odds they're going to do it twice in a row? Essentially zero. They sure enough didn't. Washington, end of game. There's your recap. I was a mouthful, Big Bet Brent, but that was it. 
So Seattle Seahawks, they drop to three and eight, and it's officially time to say I mean, it's a shame that song like really gets me pumped up, but we're using it when someone's season's over. <laughs> uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens to Russell Wilson. It's the last year of his contract. It was all about preseason. You know, Russell Wilson's not happy. Oh, you know, Carell, what are they going to do? They're going to get it figured out. And uh, the answer is no, they did not get it figured out. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of the season and uh, into next year. So with that. Dude, their O-line is garbage. Their O-line is garbage. Yeah, nothing else to even be said about that. Where are you taking us, Big Bad Brent? Are we going let's, to Thanksgiving Day? We just got to gotta talk about probably the worst game of the week. And it was in primetime. Sunday night football. The Browns in Baltimore taking on the Ravens. This was an atrocious game. The Browns putting up 10 points. The Ravens somehow squeaking by with 16 points. You know, when you think about the matchup, right, like AFC North, you know, gridiron, just tough, rough and tumble. These teams hate each other. Just some real smash mouth football. Browns, number one rushing offense versus the Ravens, number two rushing defense. It sounds like a good matchup, doesn't it? But boy, five turnovers within a matter of like three minutes to end the first half. Baker Mayfield had a fumble without anyone getting credited forcing the fumble. He literally just let go of the ball. <laughs> um, Jarvis Landry had a fumble. There were so many fumbles, so many turnovers. Lamar Jackson had his worst outing in his career. He had four interceptions, a QBR of 25.0. We can all take a moment of silence for our MVP slips that had Lamar Jackson because that's dead. The only reason he did anything in this game because apparently he said his hail marks before he went out there. And by that, I mean Mark Andrews. This man can catch anything. Somehow the Ravens keep winning dirty. Mad Money Mike, John Harbaugh is 18-2 in primetime at home. The Ravens D does shine. And uh, the Browns continue to lose, you know, big time games. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, man. I mean, technically it was a good game in terms of being close, but it was just like watching a car crash in slow motion. It was bad football, man. It was bad football. The the, the Cleveland rushing team, they, they had 40 yards rushing the entire game. Like everyone combined they had 40 rushing yards in this game. And like you said, Lamar Jackson had four interceptions. Take your MVP slips to the top of the roof. You know, that's a, that's a rip-up party. Wait for the parade to come by and do a little confetti action because that's all it's good for. I think that you really keyed in on the most important factor, and I do believe that I may have actually referenced this, roll the tape, but I think Mad Money Mike did point out that John Harbaugh is a 12th man type coach. Uh, and, and, and certainly I think that that was the difference. If you, if you can manage the game when your quarterback is, uh, is throwing four interceptions and still come out with the win, then uh, that's a real testament, you know, to who he is as a coach. And there's really not many other positives you can take out of this. I saw Kareem Hunt's dad, like was trashing Baker Mayfield on social media, accusing him of being like scared to throw the ball. I mean, Baker Mayfield is just, listen, I've always said this when a man gets injured, there is something that happens on a primal level. Your brain, our brain, we haven't been living in society that long. We're all still cavemen. If you were a caveman and you got injured, what would happen? You would know that it's over. You can no longer protect your pack. Another male is going to come in and take over your territory. How many times do we get to the end of the season when a team had a great season and we say like, wow, it's incredible. We played through an injury the whole time. It doesn't happen. The quarterbacks that excel at the end of the year have stayed healthy all year. He's out there. He's trying to play with an injury. He's not himself. He's operating on a different wavelength. He probably is scared to throw the ball. He's probably scared of a lot of other things. If they continue to start him, they're going to continue to lose. That's the take, brother. Oh, I know you've got the hots for Case Keenum. It sounds like uh, you're calling for Case Keenum. Who, uh, remind me again, before we get into Case Keenum, who has the uh, NCAA Division I record for most passing yards, most passing touchdowns, and most passing completions? Can you remind me again? That doesn't make any sense. because You asked this earlier. It is Baker Mayfield. So why would no, you instead <laughs> when you want to bench him? Uh, that's great, man. Case Keenum is the real deal. And if they want to try and salvage anything and grab a wild card spot, they've got to start him right away. Yeah, the AFC picture, you need it. You need at least one more win to get into the playoffs in the AFC versus the NFC. And the hey, fact I that quickly, you were, uh, 
Quickly mm-hmm. say that uh, Ravens minus 3.5 was a mad money Mike Big Bet Brent ditto moment. We both took them uh, last week. So tip of the cap to both of us. Nice. Always looking at opportunities to rake in cheddar for our loyal listeners. And that was one that I hope that all of you took to the bank. All right. I'll tell you what. Let's take a, a, a step back into the afternoon slate. The Los Angeles Rams heading into Green Bay, taking on the Packers. This had all the hype, and it had all the hype against the Packers and for the Rams. But that being said, the Packers shine. I think this is as much of a statement win for the Packers as it is a statement loss for the Rams. Rams put up 28. Packers put up 36. This game was close, but it wasn't close. And and what I want to focus on here, Mad Money Mike, is I want to give you some credit. Look, I, th- I think you might have took some money from me on this one. If you didn't, you definitely could have. Um, it was a ditto liked- moment. It was a ditto. Yeah. This was a uh, this was a team ditto. We both had Packers minus one. Okay, all right. Because I think in Pick'em something happened. I switched it up and I went <laughs> I went with Ooh, the Rams. Brutal. And I just do not understand. I need to give some credit for Aaron Rodgers for like this man should be MVP. Three hundred and seven passing yards, two touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles. He didn't practice all week. He's got a broken toe. That's an injury. This man is above the law. He's above nature because he's doing it. He's playing injured. And I've heard about the pain that a toe injury can have, spiking pain up your back. But Aaron Rodgers, he looks great. Meanwhile, the Rams, they are just so all in on the season. They added OBJ. Now, granted, they had uh, Robert Woods go out with an injury, but... Nevertheless, Stafford stunk. This is his third game in a row with a pick six, and the defense looks weak. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is picking them apart. What happened to all those you know, high-profile trades, You know, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Aaron Donald? What's going on here? At the end of the day, you know, we need to give some credit to the entire Green Bay organization. Matt LaFleur really shined here. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, the Rams, they are uh, in trouble. Mad Money Mike, I took, uh, I, I think I took you to the tracker thinking that the Rams had a, had a chance of winning the Super Bowl on this slide that they're on right now. You know, they're, uh, they're not long for the season. What do you think? Oh, man, I was actually just looking at that. Yeah, I gave you, I gave you seven to one on that. Fifty bucks at seven to one, and I can tell you something right now: that fifty bucks is as good as mine. <laughs> I will uh, continuously go back to the well of trashing Matt Stafford. He had good teams around him in Detroit, and he never did anything for a reason. And do you know what that reason is? It's because he's garbage. I mean, they're washed up, man. And like you said, like what is going on with the defense? You know, it, that very first week that they got Von Miller, they had a poor performance. And, you know, they followed it up with some poor performances. It's possible that it created some toxicity in the locker room. Maybe it uh, some guys that would have been getting more rotation have gotten bumped. Guys that have been with the team, you know, blood brothers, you know, put in the sweat and tears for the team. All of a sudden, they're not getting their same rotations because you brought in this guy. And maybe, you know, some people don't like his personality kind of thing. Like you start looking for answers. You start looking for what's going on when these kind of things happen, because on paper, this defense should be shutting teams out. Uh, On the flip side, to echo what you said, Aaron Rodgers, you can still get him on swindlers at plus 600. So he's probably out there for better than. Yeah, he's probably better than plus 600 on some of the other formats. If you don't sprinkle a little bit on Aaron Rodgers right now at plus 600, because who's ahead of him? Tom Brady, not going to happen. He's had bad games. Josh Allen, this guy's had terrible games. Pat Mahomes is not ahead of him. Aaron Rodgers is third. Brady at plus 350. Allen plus 450. Rodgers at plus 600. Those are your top three. Mahomes is next at plus 1,000. Uh, beyond that, like everyone, there's just it's too late in the season. It's Aaron Rodgers, man, plus 600. Isn't that free money? I think it's worth a sprinkle for sure at plus 600. Yeah, we have definitely made worse sprinkles. Um, so <laughs> yeah, with that being said, um, why don't we take a step backwards and continue with the Sunday slate? These, this is uh, from the noon games. The Buccaneers head into Indianapolis and get a nice comeback win over the Colts. They they end up taking it away 38 to 31. The Colts had a 24 to 14 halftime lead over the Bucks, but it's hard to stop a buck. You know, I was halfway through writing an apology letter to Carson Wentz. Uh, because he looked great in that first half, but he ended up with uh, two interceptions and a lost fumble. The Colts had five turnovers, and playoff Lenny woke up early. You know, it's it's not it's not even December yet, and he uh, quite an outing. Four touchdowns, 131 total yards. Gronk looked great in his return, seven for 123. You you can't give Tom Brady a chance, and uh, even the Colts defense couldn't stop him. 
giving up 38. Mad Money Mike, Bucks defensive lineman Vita Vea lost a tooth in this one. The Colts did have a chance with a late kickoff return for 72 yards, but they couldn't get a score to tie it. Good game, Bucks. Yeah, great game, Bucks. Going on the road and getting one against a Colts team that's been playing lights out and it being a come-from-behind win, I mean, this says a lot about the Bucks. That, in a way, didn't need to be said. It's kind of funny. We're like, oh, that says a lot about the Bucks," But, like, wasn't that already said? Defending Super Bowl champions, the goat of all goats, it's like, you know, uh, we should have known this. We should have seen this coming. It, it, you know, there's no other way to really say it. Um, the Colts did technically put up a great fight to put up 31 points and to keep it within touchdown and to kind of have a chance at the very end, given the fact that they had five turnovers actually does say a lot about the Colts as well. I still have a lot of faith in the Colts. You know, they're still my pick to win the division. I think the Titans are going to continue to peter out and, uh, and I really like where the Colts are at. I think they rebound from this. You know, I think they focus on protecting the ball and they get back on track next week. But, man, what a performance. And uh, Leonard Fournette with a monster day. Uh, you know, man, look out, Bucks. Anybody uh, anybody out there who took the Bucks to win the NFC South, man, they should probably, they should probably thank whoever gave them that advice. <laughs> All right, Mad Money Mike, I'll give you some more credit. I, uh, I put a hefty wager on the Bucks to win the NFC South purely because of your advice. So um, if you think you're getting a cut of this cheddar, though, you better think again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take it out of all the uh, locks of the week that have drowned my bank account. But I tell you what, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. I, I want to keep moving. Let's talk about uh, an interesting game through another interesting game through the first half. The Titans in New England, and this had that great December football feel. I saw some snow flurries. Uh, the Patriots looking very impressive. You know, six game win streak. Beating up on the Titans. Titans scored 13. Patriots scored 36. Titans got shut out in the second half. And I got to say, they just cannot get out of their own way. They had 270 rush yards. They won the time of possession. They look good for most of this. They just had four turnovers. And when you're playing against a disciplined Patriots team that only has one turnover, you're not going to win the game. I mean, being minus three in the turnover category, and then on top of that, you have four Missed points off of, you know, one field goal, that's three. And then a point after attempt, that's four points. I mean, you're not going to get the win. The Titans, this this is the same thing that happened uh, when they lost to the Texans. They put up like 470 total yards and still lost. So they, they need to protect the ball more. I'm not counting the Titans as dead, but boy, if, if they keep this up, they're not long for the playoffs either. Mad Money Mike, thoughts on this one? Yeah, this was unbelievable to watch. I mean, the way that the Titans were dominating the the line of scrimmage, like you said, 270 rushing yards. That's a big number, man. That's a big number for a quarterback who doesn't run the ball. They had two rushers over 100 yards, and they and, and New England couldn't run the ball at all. Now, they were having great success throwing it, and obviously, anytime you've got great coaching like Bilicek, Bilicek knows how to make adjustments. They just went ahead and leaned on that passing game. Now, late in the game, once – Tennessee was just like beat down from constant momentum shifts of just all these like terribly timed fumbles. Then, uh, then the Patriots started finding a lot of holes in the running game, but they, they leaned on the passing game and who they got back there passing. Who were they leaning on? Rookie quarterback, Mac Jones from the great school of Alabama, man, if only there had been someone out there who said that this was going to be a star in the making going to Belichick. It was like, man, whoever that is really knows it's football, but <laughs> I digress. With that being said, I'm about to take your word on that one. I do not remember that, but like, I'll give it to you. this goes all the way back to the draft, and we're all freaking out about how could how could uh, how could the Jets take uh, Zach Wilson and how crazy that was. Remember all that? We got into that. I anyways, remember that. <laughs> anyways, Patriots, well coached defense, man. The, the the way that they caused the fumbles, it was like there were a couple where Tennessee was just in the process of snapping off like a 40-yard run and the Patriots cause a fumble, you know, like as the guy's running, you know, like kind of punching the ball out from behind and doing that kind of really well-coached stuff. So the Patriots continue to operate at maximum efficiency with a 12-man roster. That's right. You heard it, folks. 12-man. You got 11 guys on the field and you got Belichick on the sidelines. Oh, man. Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback. Looks fantastic. 
and go ahead and sign me up for some cheddar on New England Patriots division winner. What do you think the it's odds plus are right 115. now? Yeah, it's bananas. Somehow the uh, the Bills are still like minus 140, minus 160, and they play each other twice. Yeah, Bills are in big trouble, man. We can get into that more later. But uh, Pats, plus 115, AFC East division winner, Sprinkle. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we got one more Sunday game we're just going to breeze through because the Bengals breezed right through the Steelers. Yes, I'm talking about the Bengals at home putting up 41, the Steelers scoring 10, and that's pretty much just – a, a touchdown in garbage time. The Steelers' defense sucks. They had T.J. Watt in that game, but the Bengals still put 41 on them. Joe Mixon had 165 rush yards and two touchdowns. Joe Burrow, a surgeon. I didn't know he had a Ph.D. 20 for 24, 190 yards and a touchdown. He did have an interception, but that but that was right before halftime. I'm not going to hold anything against him for that. Like the very next play, Big Ben threw a pick six. Big Ben stinks, two interceptions. They had zero offense before garbage time. We have been really laying it on the Steelers. And I think this game is my lock of the week. It was 17 to 3 so early in this game that like you could hardly even blink. But Mad Money Mike, Steelers are dead. I don't see anything changes. Big Ben had a good week last week, but that was a flash in the pan. He's washed up. Any thoughts on this one? Uh nope. Nope. You said it all, my man. I mean, we, we both uh we both took Bengals minus four and a half. You obviously had him as uh, as your lock of the week, so tip of the cap there. It was just an absolute slain. I had the Bengals defense in my fantasy league, so I was like, uh, you know, and I had Leonard Fournette. So between those two guys, I was like dancing the jig to the finish line, man. It was a great fantasy football day for me. Uh, great day for the Bengals defense. Uh, you could have seen this win coming from a mile away, man. You know, the, the Bengals are on the up and the Steelers are on the down. Big Ben is just like – I mean, the, the just the, the full embodiment of big tree fall hard. This is just a big, giant oaf playing crap football, man. Just turds everywhere. The guy sucks. That's it. There's no other way to say it. Like, hang it up, man. What are you doing? Like, get in the booth and, like, call some games and go full Tony Romo on us. Like, there's no reason for you to be out there on the field just tarnishing the great image of the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Like, move on with your life. Like, God, he's just like glomming on, dude. He's lingering around, you know, like go. <laughs> <laughs> Such garbage, man. Yeah, we, uh, there's still money to be made on teams playing the Steelers this year if they continue to start Ben. It's just only going to get worse. And uh, that's it, man. There's nothing else to say about this one. Yeah, Tip we will talk about Bengals. Steelers in the week 13 look ahead. Um, so that might be another opportunity to, uh, to make some money betting against them. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk about two Thursday Thanksgiving Day games. Mad Money Mike, real quick, I'm going to talk about Bill Saints, and then I'm going to hand it over to you for Raiders Cowboys as we enter the gun to the head segment as we're getting short on time. So I was at this game, Bill Saints. It was a blast. Uh, everything except for the game itself. The best part of this game was the halftime show where they honored Drew Brees for all he did to this great city. And I even heard that the networks didn't even play it. They like played some like something for Josh Allen, which like really pissed me off. I was there, so I don't really know. That's what I heard. Nevertheless, it was very timely because the Saints are in the midst of a four-game slump, four straight losses with Trevor Simeon, who is not getting the job done. I can't believe I'm sitting here wishing for Jameis Winston. I mean, God forbid the Saints get Drew Brees back or another competent quarterback. Like, I don't know. Why don't we take Tua? Why don't we take Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, any of these guys? The Saints would have such a chance. However, without them, I mean, we can't even score. We tried a fake punt. It didn't do anything. The Saints just looked terrible, only putting up six points. Thursday night, home stand. The Bills dropping 31. Mad Money Mike, this one was a little tough to watch. Um, I did have fun being there. Now, granted, Kamara and Ingram were out. Taysom Hill was like a, a, a magic trick. He was like, an emergency quarterback, but he never played down, but he was not listed on the injury report. Uh, Saints D still get two interceptions, but without any offense, that's just not going to cut it. It's our fourth straight loss. Like I said, crazy enough, we are still in this playoff race, but in terms of like, that's just based on like current standings. In reality, we're pretty much done. Mad Money Mike, this game was, was uh, it was fun to be at. You know, first game all season, first game, I think, since COVID. So it was good to get out, good to experience the fan-like atmosphere. The Houdat chant, I retweeted it. Drew Brees led us through to the Houdat chant. That was just electric. But besides that, the game, uh, 
the game was a big old turd. So why don't I hand it over to you to talk us through definitely the most exciting game of Thanksgiving, the Raiders in overtime, getting it done in Dallas versus the Cowboys, 36 to 33, Mad Money Mike. Yeah, this was, uh, this was you know, the game, certainly the game of Thanksgiving by far. You know, a bit of a, a bit of an upset for sure. I think the Cowboys were were definitely getting uh, the bulk of the money, and you know, and the Raiders were kind of on that downward slide. and And I believe that it was uh, I believe that it was me that led to you making sure we had the toilet flush soundbite because I said that's where the Raiders were going. So <laughs> turns out. Turns out the only, the only person that needs that soundbite is uh, is the is the one who picked the Cowboys. Man, it was it, it was shocking. It was shocking, but I will say that I did talk about McCarthy being a liability. Man, he's a, he's a coach that you know who had the Packers in the palm of his hand. He had Aaron Rodgers. He had an MVP quarterback, and he got fired from that job. So, what does that tell you about him? What does that tell you about Jerry Jones, man? Like, you want a guy that couldn't succeed at the Packers? You could. You wanted a guy that couldn't succeed with Aaron Rodgers? That's the guy you <laughs> wanted? Well, like, congrats, man, because, like, this is what you get. You get losses to the Raiders. We, def- we definitely talked about the referees in this game, man. I think the Cowboys had some insane amount of penalties. I I could be wrong on this. Team for 166. They lead the league in penalties. You want to talk about bad coaching, being undisciplined? There's your answer. Exactly. Yeah. Just absolutely brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it keeps the Raiders in it. It keeps the Raiders in it. They're at six and five. The Cowboys obviously are still in it at seven, four. It'll be interesting to see where both of these teams go. It is very hard to get a read on where these teams go as far as how we're going to make money on them. Betting on these teams is going to be tough because they are really all over the map, man. They're they are they're garbage one day and they're and they're great the next. So uh buyer beware, man, if you're betting on the Cowboys or the Raiders, but we appreciate you for putting up such a fantastic show in the middle of the day, Thanksgiving. Yeah, not only I mean it, it was the ref show too, right? Not only did the did the Cowboys have 14 penalties, but the Raiders had 14 penalties too. So if you've got 28 accepted penalties and I know there were some number of, you know, declined penalties, it really just makes the whole thing, you know, a frustrating experience. But nevertheless, overtime game right in the middle of Thanksgiving, you know, God bless America. All right. Man, Mike, let's take a quick look at the NFL standings through 12 weeks. In the AFC, you've got your division leaders, the Baltimore Ravens, the Patriots, the Titans, and the Chiefs. And then wildcard wild spots, Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, and Los Angeles Chargers. Now, the Chargers are 6-5. and five. There are three other teams also with six wins. We just talked about the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Colts. And then you've got the Steelers at 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. Oh, yeah, the Bengals are also 6-6 six and six as well. So all in all, there are 13 teams within – one game of that seventh seed. So the AFC playoff picture is wide open. On the NFC side, you've got the Cardinals, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cowboys, uh, current division leaders. And then the three wild card spots, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Washington football team. And then you've got another five teams also with five wins. The, the, the Washington football team have five wins, one of six teams. So, um, Excuse me. The race is wide open, just on like different tiers. It's like a two-tier system. Um, AFC is the big brother, and the NFC are uh, are the little brother fighting for scraps. So, Mad Money Mike, do you see anything, any insights, anything you like, anything you don't like in here with the playoff picture? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to ride the Colts, man, in the AFC. Uh, you know, I think that they're they're a bargain. You know, if you're looking to make a bet on the Colts to, you know, to make the playoffs, division winner, you know, a wild card spot, whatever bets you can find with the Colts being, you know, where they're at right now, I think you're still going to get good value on that because I see that as a lock. I think the Chargers have a big task ahead of them, man, coming into uh, Cincinnati. You know, a Bengals team we just talked about that's playing so well is about to host the Chargers. The Chargers looked pretty bad last week, man. So with, uh, you know, that could be a pivotal pivotal game. You know, that could really kind of cement the Bengals uh, at the top there, and it could definitely put the Chargers in a bad spot, especially, you know, if you're looking at the Colts picking up a win. The Broncos are also playing really well. You know, Buffalo's down there. You know, at seven wins, they, they've got some tough games coming up against the Patriots. A lot of interesting storylines developing in the AFC. 
I like the Colts. So I wanted to, I wanted to tell you about that. I just I just looked at it right here on capturings. The Colts are plus one twenty five for the yes to make the playoffs. So I definitely think that's the play. They're like yep. plus one thousand to win the division. You know they are two games back of the Titans, but still there's five weeks left. I looked into it because that's a huge number, right? The Titans like minus two thousand win the division, and like half their team's injured. Um, the other time had, and the other half of their team is busy fumbling. Um. But it's because the Titans have already played the Colts and beat them twice. They beat them at home and they beat them on the road. So when you've got five games left and you take a look at those games, they're pretty much there's no way the Colts can make two back when the Titans are busy, you know, finishing off the Texans and finishing off the Jags. So um, I like where your head's at with the Colts. Yes, to make the playoffs plus one twenty five. I'm right there with you. I also am still, you know, the the Eagles. We didn't talk about Money Mike, but Mad Money Mike, but they buried your lock of the week. I'm not. I'm not over them yet. They're still five and seven. Like I said, right now, NFC five wins is what it, what you, what you need right now to, to be in that mix. Um, the Cowboys, like we just talked about a little bit of hot cold um, McCarthy, you know, being at the helm there, he's also got COVID. So who knows if it's going to help the Cowboys or not. We're going to talk about them here. They play Thursday night versus saints, but um, at a minimum, the, the, the Eagles to make a playoff uh, to make the playoffs. I think uh, I should have that number right here. Let me, let me find it real quick. They are plus one seventy five to make the playoffs. So let's wow. uh, let's chalk those down and uh, open up a can of sprinkles and uh, maybe put a little cheddar down on them, huh? I love it, sprinkle worthy indeed, my man. All right, well, let us talk pick 'em. DJ and Joe wins his second straight week and he moves to second overall in the standings. Commanding win too. He didn't squeak uh-huh. it out, man. He didn't squeak it out. It was a commanding win. This is a back to back serious tip of the cap, man. DJ and Joe is really ascending uh, the ranks of, uh, of you know, of gambling lore here, man. We might have to, uh, we might have to have him on the pod. Have him on the pod and tell us, like, what's going on. How- <laughs> how's yeah, he making well, how's, it? How's he doing this? Who is he listening to? He can't be listening to us. <laughs> no, he's certainly not. Oh, uh, but yeah, he jumps up to second place. Like I said, his second straight win. Archie Hoos in first place overall. My fall from grace is is just beginning. Stay tuned for this for this beautiful disaster. I was in first place last week. I was last place this week. I got too cute. I got too fancy trying to play the Thanksgiving miracle aspect of it. I had zero points after Thursday's games. I mean, I I, I had to turn my phone off. You know, I was getting so many different buzzes and like, hey, Brent, did you get hacked. It's like okay, hey, maybe, maybe that's not a bad idea. I could play that card, but nevertheless, um, pick them. Congrats to the cap to DJ and Joe. All right, let's talk bet stamp. This is just I can just continue talking because I sucked here too. I lost a hundred bucks. I missed so many picks. Thank God my lock of the week hit because um, I had a little extra cheddar on that. So I lost a hundred. My overall is a hundred and seventy-one in the positive. So we started with five hundred bucks. I'm at six hundred seventy. Man, money, Mike. How you doing? Yeah, it was a wash. It was a wash for me uh, this week. I uh, I'm still just over a thousand. Uh, I think I'm at ten ninety six, just shy of uh, of eleven hundred. What did I do this weekend? I hit uh, I hit Raiders on the live bet. Um, that was a hundred nice. bucks there. Yeah, lost. Uh, how Lost was the red wine and uh, turkey uh, rager? You had mentioned you, know, you get really hopped up on it. How was that? I mean, it gave you a good live bet. Must have worked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I lost on Detroit, though, of course. But see, that game was before I got the red wine in me. Uh, of course and- they freaking cover but can't win. And Dan Campbell shows up Matt Nagy as, hey, no, I'm a worse coach. I mean, they call timeout, and then they get – <laughs> they call timeout and then they call a second timeout because they can't get their together immediately after a timeout. I mean, look, Dan Campbell, we love you and you've got a lot of spirit. But when it comes to coaching acumen and, you know, that sixth sense that Bill Belichick has and other great coaches have, um, I'm not sure coffee gets you that. You know what I mean? I almost feel like that's something you either got it or you don't. It's not uh, – it's not going to get you there from some stimulants, huh? Couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's uh, there's no other way to say it, my man. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, we do not have a loyal listener email this week, but guys, you need to reach out to us. We want to hear from you. 
We'll read it on the pod. It's a lock podcast at gmail.com. No apostrophes. Um, also, you got to check us out on Twitter at it's a lock podcast. Um, some really funny tweets this time, guys. There's a, an obituary, like a legit, this is a real story. There's like a, an obituary for uh, a gentleman in the Pittsburgh area. And it, the description of it is he died <laughs> due to the Steelers. And like after tying the Lions, for their eighth straight loss, it was just too much, and like he died. But anyway, I'm not doing it justice. You need to check it out on Twitter because um, they did a really good job with that. Also, you can check out the Drew Brees halftime chant, the Houdat chant that apparently was not nationally televised, but it was electric. I highly suggest you check it out. And then Mad Money Mike, this one's for you. So it's not football, but Kevin Porter Jr., I forget which team he was on, but anyway, he was one rebound away from a triple-double, and the, the other team threw, throws up a brick. The rebound, there's like four of his teammates around him. They clearly let the ball drop, and they yell for him to come back and get the ball so he could get his triple-double. And then they all like, yes, he got a triple-double. So, I mean, this is just a small example. I mean, clearly these players understand and are adjusting how they play based on statistics, and that's just one level removed from gambling. Mad Money Mike, I mean, I mean the refs, It's I know we, we love to hate on the refs. If the players are doing it, the refs are doing it, everybody's doing it. What's our play here? It's not stop gambling, but what is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's uh, – I guess it's lower your units. I don't know how else to say it, man. Like it, it, it is funny when you see stuff like this and, and you realize that, uh, you know, it's not exactly what you call a level playing field, Big Bet Brent. Now, in this case, you know, a guy getting a triple-double is obviously a big deal, and it's like a personal stat, you know, that'll live with you in history. And there's been definitely examples of uh, of this kind of stuff happening. Remember, uh, I don't know. The Ravens, you, know, you loved Harbaugh because they went for a running play in garbage time for like a 72nd game in a row with 100 yards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's. I was just about to give that example, but then I didn't know if it was a good analogy, so I was going to back off of it. But yes, that that is another example, and uh, and you see it in basketball, you know, in some other in other ways too. When a guy's trying to get a big game, and the other guys will pass it to him so that he can take more shots to try and get the uh, you know 50 points or whatever it is. So it's not like totally unprecedented, but I think this just seemed to be such an egregious thing where it was like no one got the ball and they're like, Hey, come get the rebound. Like it's just outside the realm of normal gameplay. So it's kind of jarring when you see it, uh, you know, but yeah, with that being said, uh, you know, keep it in mind, man, there's, there's forces, uh, there's forces at work here. It's not exactly a level playing field. Big bet Brent. We're always one step behind, man. Vegas keeps the lights on for a reason. Hmm. I know for one, for the lucky betters that bet a triple double, clearly it paid off in their favor. I think he was like plus twenty seven hundred or plus three thousand. So, you know, that's great news for them. But I can just see, you know, other instances where it doesn't pay off. And, you know, I'm thinking specifically about the refs. So, I, I in just in general, you know, I, hey, look, congratulations, Kevin Porter Jr. I'm proud for you. Um, does this, you know, tarnish? Should you put an asterisk by this? Probably. But uh, nevertheless, hey, you got a triple-double. I just hate the fact that uh, what this means for all the bets that could be affected by play such as this. So tell you what, yeah. check us out on Twitter if you want to see that, at It's a Lock Podcast. And with that, before we move to our Week 13 pick four, I'm going to give you some injuries and news and notes. So Mike McCarthy's got COVID, so he will not be coaching this Thursday night. So hey Cowboys yeah, going to win. <laughs> time to pilot on the Cowboys. Um, also from the Cowboys, uh, Amari Cooper – He's unlikely to play this week, but CeeDee Lamb is back. Um, Chris McCaffrey is back on IR. Dear uh, Panthers, if your season wasn't over, it's definitely over now. Dalvin Cook running back for the Vikings. He's out for a couple weeks with a shoulder injury. 49ers wide receiver slash running back Debo, Debo Samuels also out for one to two weeks for a groin injury. TJ Watt played this past week, but he's out again due to COVID. Uh, Jalen Hurts has an ankle injury, so uh, stay tuned for that. They're not exactly sure the extent of that injury. Kamara and Ingram for the Saints are both considered to be on track to play this Thursday. And with that, we're going to go straight into our Week 13 Pick 4, starting with Thursday Night Football, where the Dallas Cowboys, on a two-game losing streak, head into New Orleans to take on the Saints on a four-game losing streak. Losing streak. 
This line was four and a half, but now the Saints are only four point underdogs. So Saints plus four at home over under around 47 and a half. Mad Money Mike, both of these teams are fully rested after they both played last Thursday. So no team coming off a short rest here, although the Saints are at home. Um, like we talked about, you know, clearly Kamara and Ingram being back are great. However, they're still de- dealing with Trevor Simeon um, under center. Um, hopefully he's not as bad as uh, <laughs> who's the Vikings quarterback that couldn't even get under center. He went under guard. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins. But nevertheless, he's not that bad. Um, anyway, Mad Money Mike, I, I think the Cowboys, especially when they're not led astray by McCarthy, I think they're the much better team here. Clearly, their offense is more potent. I, as much as I hate to say it, I'm, I'm pissed off at the Saints after uh, pretty much getting blanked last week. I like the Cowboys. I'm willing to give it the four points on the road. What do you think? This is an eyebrow raiser, man. This is uh, this is one of those we, we've come across these many times this year. We talk about them each time. It's a little bit too obvious. How can the Saints, the absolute steaming pile of turd garbage that they are, Keep this game within five points against the Cowboys and all their firepower. It just doesn't make any sense, man. I think that this is a, a situation where I think Sean Payton uh, is able to get his defense in the right position, and then Kamara, you know, is able to add, you know, such a, a dynamic new element on offense that they end up keeping this one close. And I'm not saying they win, but it's still four and a half on Swindlers, man. Uh, you know, I'd be. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints cover. Let's put it that way. It's too obvious of a line. We know what obvious lines typically lead to. I'm going to lay off this game, but I'm just telling you, I would be careful if you're betting the Cowboys lower your units. Yeah, look, th- this was a similar spot last week, right? Um, Saints were big underdogs at home versus the Bills, and the Bills ran away with it. Um, also, last week, you took 50 bucks from me on the Titans pats because the line looked fishy to me and I try to anti bet. So um, I'm off that a little bit. And so I like the Cowboys and, and give me the Cowboys and I'll give the points. Um, all right, let's move on to Sunday night football. The Broncos six and five headed into Kansas city to take on the now back in better than ever Kansas city chiefs on a four game win streak and looking good doing it. Um, chiefs are 10 point favorites. The over under is 47. Mad Money Mike, I'm with you, and I'm not going to bet against the Chiefs this time, although this is kind of, you know, my spidey sense is tingling for an anti-bet here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against my better judgment. I'm guessing you're with the Chiefs, and I'm with you. Negative. Negative. Whoa. Yours truly, Mad Money Mike, is taking Broncos plus 10. The Broncos are oh. playing high-level football, man. Teddy Two Gloves is in the zone, man. The defense is in the zone, and the, the Kansas City Chiefs have – I, we we know we don't need to talk about the chinks in the armor they've shown this year. And they had a brief, uh, you know, they had a brief, you know, they've had a brief uh, resurgence, but that's all it is. It's just a brief resurgence. There's no pattern set. There's no, you know, there, there's nothing at this point that tells us that they're totally back and they've got it all worked out. So uh, I think just because of how good the Broncos are playing, this being, uh, you know, essentially a rivalry game, and uh, and because of what the Chiefs have, have done this year uh, so far with some of their deficiencies, give me the Broncos plus 10, willing to take it to the tracker. For a full 50. Full 50, let's go. Mad Money Mike, I want to mention that, look, I want to give you, you're right, the, the Broncos, we didn't talk about it, but they had a real surprising and a very impressive win last week over the Chargers. However, I, the, so the Chiefs are on a four-game win streak, but last week they had a bye. And Andy Reid coming off a bye is – it's Avogadro's number, 6.022 times 10 to the 23rd. He has that many wins coming off a bye, and he has no <laughs> losses. So with I'm that, not, I'm, I'm more than happy. The Broncos, I'm not taking the Broncos to win, Big Bet Brent. I'm just taking them to cover 10 points. They don't have that home field advantage. You were the one that was talking up Arrowhead, Sunday Night Football. It's going to be wild. The Chiefs are going to be wild. They're going to run away with it. I'm already – look, you took some money from me last week, so this will help uh, This will help pull me back into contention. All right, there was one other game in the Sunday slate that um, got a little bit out of order. 
got a little bit out of order, and this is the Ravens coming off that win, but it was far from impressive. It was Lamar Jackson's worst performance. The Ravens are headed into uh, to Steel City to take on the Steelers, coming off that awful loss to the Bengals. Steelers are four-point favorites at home. Over, uh, I'm sorry, four-point underdogs. They are getting four points, plus four, at home, taking on the Ravens. Over-unders, 44.5. Mad Money Mike. I don't think Lamar has two bad games in a row. I think that Mexican food that he ate that gave him those stomach bugs and stomach issues, I think he's completely gone through all that. He's back eating chicken breasts and peas and green beans, and the Ravens are going to roll. The Steelers have no offense and no defense and no chance. What do you think? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. This is going to be a ditto moment, man. I'm with you on the Ravens. I think that Lamar Jackson is going to stop at nothing. I think that all of what Lamar Jackson is, which, you know, to me is is being able to run the ball like one of the best running backs in the league. I, I'm, I'm looking for a prop on over Lamar Jackson rushing yards. So mm. uh, I, I just don't think the Steelers are going to be able to do what they need to do to cover the field and cover him. I think that where that locker room's at, man, I think that they're basically in shambles knowing what's going on. And, uh, and then of course, Hawbaugh's going to have that defense ready for anything that Big Ben can throw at him, which we know is not going to be much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, Ravens in a landslide, baby. Love it. <laughs> all right, we're going to close it out with Monday Night Football. Mad Money Mike, I keep forgetting that I have all these awesome sound effects. I have like six more that I haven't even used yet. Car Crazy Chris is going crazy because I promised to use more zany sound effects, and I haven't done it so far. So I'm going to try and fit them in here near the end. So cover your ears. Um, but anyway, we've got a humdinger Monday Night Football. Like Everyone, like say your hail marks just like Lamar did because – God bless America. Uh, the 8-4 and four New England Patriots on a six-game win streak headed into Buffalo to take on the 7-4 and four Buffalo Bills coming off that stomping of the New Orleans Saints. The Bills I saw yesterday were three-point favorites, but has come off the key number. Bills now only two-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 45. Mad Money Mike, I was thinking about it a little bit. Home games in December – the home field advantage, especially when you've got defense at play, like the Bills, uh, clearly, uh, you know, one of their strengths. I like the Bills. I'm willing to lay the points. When I saw it come off of three, my eyes lit up like Christmas morning. I realize it's not for a couple more weeks, but to me, it's here, and I love the Bills. What do you think? I think they finally put the Pats to the back. Yeah, I think that this is a. I think this is a great spot for the Bills. You know, obviously we talked a lot earlier about how great the Pats are playing and like Bills, like look out because you got to play the Pats, but they play them twice. And I, I think that it'll be a different story when they go into Foxborough. Um, but uh, but being, you know, that this game's going to be in Buffalo and it's the first of the two times they're going to meet, I would have Bill's a Bill's got a long break too. 10 days, got, got a mini buy. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Bill's got a long break. So, yeah, that's it's it's you know, it's going to be a close game, but this is a close line. This is a win. You know, this is a win by a field goal. Um, It's man, it's going to be I cannot wait for this game. I really cannot wait for this game, man. It's the the, I'm going to be reunited with the family by the time Monday rolls around. Man, I'll probably be on baby duty after being away all week, but uh I'm still going to do everything I can to watch as much of this game as possible. This, to me, is the, you know, this is this is the game of the week. Oh, game of the week. The, mm. Big time. Could end up being the game of the month. Could end up being the game of December, to be honest with you. No, obviously the second game will be as well. So the fact that these teams play each other <laughs> twice in a three-week span is like what football is all about. I can't wait That's for it. I'm talking about. All right, I'll tell you what. With that, let's head to our locks of the week. Mad Money Mike got a sound bite coming at you. I'll tell you what, I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar rice. How much? Hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars? Thousand? Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Mad Money Mike, that is exactly how I feel right now when I give you 
my soon-to-be third straight win with this lock of the week. I'm six and six overall. I have clawed back to even, and oh I'm taking full advantage of a dumpster fire Steelers team. Give me the Ravens minus four. Headed into Pittsburgh, taking on the Steelers. The Steelers just have no offense and no defense. Uh, Lamar Jackson, that was an off game, but he is going to get right. Four points is plenty. Uh, the Ravens don't. They they're gonna they're gonna blow that out. Four is gonna be nothing. Give me the Ravens in a landslide. Love it, love it. That's great, man. Now uh, remind everybody, remind the loyal listeners, what is Mad Money Mike's lock? <laughs> What is the lock of the frail record, man? What am I at? Two and ten? This you are two and ten. You are on a seven pick losing streak. Mad Money Mike. That's wild. For sure. Like two, three weeks into this losing streak, they they switched over to full on fade mode. And they're probably raking it in. In fact, guys, send us your pictures, send us your emails. Let us know how much money you're winning fading Mad Money Mike. And Mad Money Mike, don't switch up what you're doing. Like, don't start like fading yourself because you're gonna mess up this juju no. you got going. Um, Listen, why don't you give us another loser? I went four and three last week. You know, we made I made six picks, and then and then I the lock of the week obviously makes seven. I went four and three in all of my picks last week. I talked about this the week before. I was I think I was I think I was four and three the week before also. So. But saving that one all pod. Oh. oh, congrats, man! Hey, tip of the cap to Big Bet Brent on being able to uh, perfectly time that one. That's uh, I know I'm sure Car Crazy Chris is gonna uh, is gonna give you a tip of the cap on that one as well. Nevertheless, I still went four and three. No matter how you slice it, I went four and three last week. That's all that matters. All of the picks that Mad Money Mike laid out, if you'd bet on them all, you would have come out ahead. That's all that matters, Big Bet Brent. Now, with that being said, lock of the week this week comes to you from none other than the boys in the Tiger Stripes, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, the Joe Squad, Bengals at home, minus three against the fading Chargers. It's a lock. I got to say, I do really like that pick, Mad Money Mike. Um, You got screwed last week versus the New York Giants. Um, but the, the, the chargers, a very unimpressive performance versus the Broncos. We all won money on the Bengals. They look so good. The fact that this spread is only three and the Bengals are home again and the chargers are traveling coast to coast. Um, I think you get right this week. So I want to caution all of our loyal listeners. Think twice before you fade mad money, Mike. Okay. Let's talk Cheetos anti bets. She's on a one game win streak. She faded you last week. She's five and seven overall. She's taking. Mad Money Mike, listen up. She is taking the Jets plus six and a half versus the Eagles. I told her I love the Eagles. I think they bounce back. Um, the Jets, you know, Zach Wilson is back, and so that's a lot of turnovers. But no, she's taking the Jets, man. What do you think? I got to tell you, man, that's just, you know. That's not smart. The, the, li- the, line, the line is six and a half for a reason. She's not – you know, there's going to be a lot of people that take the Eagles. Like the public's going to be on the Eagles heavy. Um, they're always going to like bet against the Jets. So there's a reason why this line is what it is. People are going to look at this. And be like, oh, definitely Eagles win by touchdown. Take the Eagles. Um, mm-hmm. Not the worst anti bet ever. Now, with that being said, man, Zach she should Wilson. be concerned now. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to vote a conference from Mad Money, Vi- Mad Money Mike, aka the Kiss of Death. <laughs> I would never take it. I mean, I'm not, I don't want you to take confidence in it. I would not take the bet, but I'm just saying it's not the worst anti bet that I've ever seen. Uh, so, so we need to get uh, like a decoder to understand how you're feeling about this game. Is that what's going on? I've heard everything. All right. So, Big Bet Brent, do you want to, uh, do you want to put your money where your mouth is? Are you Always. willing, to, you're willing to take the Eagles minus six and a half to the tracker? Absolutely. I'll do it for up to 100. I mean, I love the Eagles. I told her this, and that's why she anti-bet me. <laughs> wow. But you didn't. But you did not make it your lock of the week. That's that's pretty fascinating. Um, I yeah, mean, I'm look, man, gonna... you you know as well as I can that we got to fade the Steelers. The Steelers are done, though. 
Oh, they're done though. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, you're gonna have to start your own. Uh, you're gonna have to start your own bet tracker with uh, with Chido if you want the Eagles to go in it, man. Because I'm not gonna participate in that. I was just asking, but no, but I'm not gonna participate. Hey, you gotta keep me honest, and we expect that here on this podcast. So I tell you what, what a good finish to the closeout segment. Lots of the week. We're gonna head to our actual closeout, our closeout closeout segment, Diaper Dad Diaries, and so. I'm gonna go ahead and go first here. So we're we, Manly Mike, we were going to switch up our schedule and start podcasting on Mondays to give us some extra time to get the podcast out in time for all of our loyal listeners to 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 listen to it in time for you know the Thursday games and the Sunday games. And so this was the first week we were gonna do that. We had it all planned out. And then last night, like, um, I guess it's actually kind of a full day event. So yesterday, Kramer. He was climbing around. You know, he's a little climber, a little rock climber. He's all over everything. You say, you t- you tell him no, don't climb something, and he he like thinks no means yes, or think he thinks <laughs> no means like I dare you. I don't think you can. I think that's what oh, he thinks. No means. So anyway, wow. he's all climbing around. He's up in the window seal, um, you know, pawing at the window. And next thing you know, he falls over. I don't know if he bites it, but somehow like he cuts his tongue, and so he's bleeding, and uh. The bleeding is not good, but like we, it's not bad enough to like, oh, we're gonna take him to the emergency room right now because, um, you know that that's just we, it just wasn't that bad. So what we did yeah. was, uh, you know, like we 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 paid attention to it, uh, we monitored it, uh, we uh, feverishly, you know, tried to like pat as much as we could out of it. So eventually it stops, and but it's it's on and off throughout the day, and then of course, you know, it stops. All right, hey, that's good. And then right around six o'clock dinner time, I start to feed him, and something happens, and now it's bleeding again. And it just seems to be bleeding like more and more. And like we don't really know like how much is he swallowing versus like this is like a good bit coming out of his mouth. So who knows how much he's actually bleeding and swallowing? And like you know, if you swallow too much blood, next thing you know, like you're throwing up, and it's nighttime, and he's a baby, and babies don't have as much blood as grown people. So like you know, I'm I always say he eats a scoop of ice cream. He had a whole pint because he's a baby. So like. If, if this is much, this much blood, like he may be like half out of blood. Like, I don't really know. <laughs> so we make the decision to like, well, first off, so I'm like Googling feverishly, like, cause you know, going to the emergency room, that's, that's an ordeal, you know, and oh, yeah. everything going on nowadays is not something you really want to do. So, so it's like, Oh, it's no, you know, you Google it. It's like, Oh, it's no big deal. All you got to do is, uh, you know, get, get a, get some gauze or get a wet, uh, a wet cloth a clean wet cloth and just put pressure on it for five minutes. Yeah, no big deal. And they know this is for toddlers. And so man, Money Mike, have you ever tried to hold a child's tongue? Like this is like catching a unicorn. They don't exist. <laughs> like you try and get your kid to like stick his tongue out. Of course, any other day of the week, he's going to stick his tongue out, but he knows something's up. He knows yeah. that like his tongue is hurting and he can just see the towel. That's the last thing he wants to do. I mean, you're like trying to catch a snake that's in the hole. I mean, like this, this is ridiculous. Hold it for five minutes. You can't even grab it. Like what are they even thinking? And then they're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you want to try something else? Just do a little saltwater gargle. It's like no. this kid doesn't understand what a saltwater gargle is. Like you think he's spitting stuff out on demand? He Dude, does you- the exact opposite. He were wants you, to spit out everything. <laughs> getting your information <laughs> from a, like a Reddit thread. Like, well, who would, who was saying to do this? This is some like it wasn't WebMD, but it was some like yada yada Children's Hospital. That like, hey, like this looks pretty legitimate. Like, wow. He does the opposite of what you say. You want him to spit something out, he's gonna eat it. You want him to eat something, he's not gonna eat it. He's gonna spit it out. So anyway, it was like all this stuff happened. Like, of course, we can't do any of it. So finally, it's like, all right, look. We got to take him in. So we end up going to the hospital. Of course, like the bleeding stops while we're in the waiting room and the doctor comes <laughs> in and it's like, just like opens, opens his mouth. Of course, now Kramer opens his mouth. You get a clean look at it. It's like five seconds. She's like, oh yeah, we're not, you, you don't operate on this. Tongues heal themselves so quickly. Let me show you a picture of my kid's tongue. And this kid's tongue was like bitten too. I was like, holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> that tongue was terrible. But nevertheless, it was a big old false alarm. But it, uh, I didn't catch any of the game last night. Um, uh, anyway, today's update, uh, Crazy Kramer, he's doing much better. His tongue looks nice. fine. He's not bleeding. So big old false alarm. And a lesson to you, Med Money Mike, wow. you can't hold a kid's mouth with gauze wow. the kid's tongue with wow. gauze real uh real rookie parent move there man like uh you know mm-hmm. I, I know i've got them coming man i know i've got them coming i've already had a few i'm sure i talked about them but uh you know what are you gonna do man 
rookie parents. We don't know any better. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're wading through this in live time, man. Just imagine if uh, we had second kids, you know, like you said, that kid's oh, yeah. tongue would be bitten in half. We'd be like, ah, it's fine. The starfish, like they repair anything. Yeah, they're dude, resilient, man. Like, yeah. like, it's wild. Like, especially the falling over. Like, dude, you know, Valley's taking some tumbles, man. Like, some tumbles. You just think, like, oh, man, that's like CTE. It's, you know, like, whatever. But no, nah, man, she's fine. Ah, oh, good stuff. Uh, good stuff, Big Bad Brent. Well, uh, Diaper Dad Diary this week is, um, you know, it's been, well, obviously, you know, the last one was the big one. We flew across country and uh, talked about the, uh, you know, the old, uh, the infamous, uh, you know, uh, flight gone wrong. Thought the pilot was going to have to make an emergency landing in Topeka, you know, unruly baby on board. Um, and then after that, we were on the East Coast and it was just like a, a lot of real, you know, day in, day out kind of stuff. Now, uh, so the Diaper Dad Diary of the Week is I I left New Jersey. I came back to Portland. The wife and uh, daughter are still in New Jersey. And the reason why is because we're getting a bunch of construction work done on the house. And so I'm here for that prepping, you know, doing everything. They can't be in the house. It's plumbing. The water's turned off. So they can't even be here. So they stayed there. I'm here. And what I thought was going to happen, I thought I had a real daddy's girl on my hand. I thought she was just going to be like, dad, 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 just like crying all the time. Like, oh my God, it's like devastating. Like she misses her dad like so much. Like, can't believe it. Nope. She doesn't care. She doesn't care at all. She's having a great time. She like sees me on the phone and she's like, you know, like looks at me on the phone and then just like runs off to like go play with something. Like she literally, my existence does not matter to her, dude. I cannot believe it. Like I thought for sure that like I was like really something special and it was going to be like devastating that I wasn't around. Nope. She's fine. Great time. Lena's like, nah, she's good. Everything's good. No, great. Naps are going great. Bedtime's going great. Eating great. Happy. Everything. It's almost like she's like thriving without me, dude. Like I've been holding her back this whole time, man. Uh, real, real, real shot to uh, to the parental pride, man. Uh, so what can you say, man? It's not the way they show it in the movies. You know, kids, it really goes back to the whole resiliency thing, man. Kids I got are resilient. an idea, Mad Money Mike. You disappear for like 18 years, and then you see who's laughing. Dear <laughs> uh, yeah. listeners, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, but honestly, though, like this actually, it's funny. It's like as much of a shot to my pride as it is. It really helps me out for like future trips, Vegas, golf trips. They're like, oh, like what? Like, you know, there's not going to be like, what is she going to do without you? You're not going to be here. It's like, she's going to be fine. Like she She's going to be better. She's going to be better. She thrives. She thrives without me. So yeah, man, that's uh it's been tough, man. It's been it's been tough. But um what I'm so between, hoping for next is I'm hoping for next is that that moment when we're like reunited and she like something happens, you know, she like lights up, she's like so happy to see me. She like runs over and gives me like my very first hug ever. This girl doesn't hug. She's like, she won't hug. You can't get her to hug. She's like, don't touch me. So maybe I'll be like the very first hug ever or something. So I need something to happen when we're reunited. Because as of now, I'm you hurt, gotta man. have hope. You gotta, I'm glad you found something to have hope in. Mad Money Mike, you have to have hope because I'm, I want to ask you, like, how's your psyche after this and after your eight-game slide and locks of the week? I mean, like, Not you good. don't really have Not much good. else. No, I got nothing. The only thing that I can bank on, the only thing that I can bank on is that the totality of my picks is always in the is always in the green. If you listen to all of Mad Money Mike's picks, you come out in the green. That's all I can lean on. Oh, I forgot to mention it. Our sponsorship, we are brought to you by Mad Money Mike. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, though, Mad Money Mike. I, look, I hope that when y'all do get reunited, I hope it's as joyous as you are imagining it. Of course, every kid needs their parents. Don't let them fake you out and think otherwise. And if, they, and if, they, and if they do fake you out, then force it on them. More kid time, more father-son time, more forced hugs. Trust me, they're going to appreciate that. I'll tell you what. That's a good way to close out Season 2, Episode number 16. We recap Thanksgiving week, NFL week 10, ah, week 12. We did the four, the pick four for week 13. Give our locks of the week. Winners this time. Diaper Dad Dyers. Guys, email us, itslockpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter, at itslockpodcast. We need to hear from you guys. No apostrophes in any of that. Mad Money Mike, what's your plans for the bachelor life over there in Portland? And how do you want to close out this episode? 
Yeah, bachelor life, man. It's quickly, uh, quickly winding down. I'm going to soak up uh, every bit of sports that I can before it's over. And uh, just as always, be thankful that I was able to spend this time with you and our loyal listeners going over the absolute greatest thing that exists in this universe, which is NFL football, baby. Make sure you email me that. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Ah, man, make sure you email us at it's like a podcast at it's a lock podcast at gmail.com. We need loyal listeners. Tell us what's going on, man. Tell us what the locks are. We want some hot takes. Tell us where we failed. Tell us where we're excelling. Tell us what you're doing. We need to hear it all. Check us out on Twitter at It's Lock Podcast. And Big Bet Brent, my man, cannot wait to do it again next week. Well said, Mad Money Mike. That's going to do it. It's a Lock Podcast, season two, episode number 16. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.